Hi and welcome to the Soul Garden, where we explore the inner and outer workings of living in a connected world. My name's Georgina Langdale and I'm delighted to welcome you here. Today I have a very special treat for you, my dear friend and extraordinary teacher Karen Johnson. In these coronavirus times, she's in her home in the beautiful New York State countryside, and I'm here in my studio in Hawke's Bay, New Zealand. We're going to talk about death, grief, and the ways that we have found and now teach the creation of connection and healing. So, pour yourself a cup of something nice, get comfortable, and let's begin. Hi, I'm Georgina Langdale, and I have a real treat here for you today because um, we're going to have a wonderful discussion with the very beautiful and talented and visionary teacher and healer, Karen Johnson. Hi, Karen. I didn't even have to pay you to say all that. (laughs) (laughs) No, you did not. That is for sure. (laughs) So... um, Karen and I first met um, a few years ago when I was training in shamanic shamanic energy medicine with uh, Alberto and the Four Winds School. And Karen, you were one of my teachers. And I have to say, you were extraordinary. And over the many months that we worked together, it was... um, uh, you taught me a lot. And uh, and I think a beautiful friendship has developed out of it as well. For sure. So thank you. Um, And today we are going to be looking at the whole process um, and journey around death and dying and grief. And both of us have come to it through different journeys. um, And we are working with it in slightly different ways, but we thought that there's a beautiful complement to what we do. And we feel that more and more um, in society, there is a real need to really, um, to, to really look deeply at, at, at death without fear, you know, for so long, isn't it, Karen? So long, mm-hmm. society has been kind of scared of it. So we're trying to find ways um, to move past that fear um and also with grief you know we're often told get over it it's time to get over it. it's time to move on and so this you know we've got to come to grips with that too people grieve in different ways and grief is a journey yeah it's not a one and done or get over it everybody has a different process yeah exactly exactly um so you have quite an interesting background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, for people who don't know Karen, and by the way, Karen's got a fantastic, um, lovely, shiny new website, um, karenjohnson.net. Um, do take a look because there's a wealth of information there and Karen's many services that she offers around healing and shamanic work and health and nutrition and things really, and, and of course, um, grief and dying, but, um, your career, um, 
you were a federal administrative law judge in Washington, D.C. Yes, for many years. Wow. Yeah. And a mm. graduate of Georgetown Law Center, a former Fulbright Scholar in Afghanistan. You hold a master's degree in public health and public international affairs. Um, that's quite a, a journey from there to becoming a shamanic uh, energy uh, practitioner and, and teacher. And so I'm curious as we go through this morning of just touching back on that um, a bit more. But then um, your son, Ben, um, tragically died when he was 27. Yes. And so can you explain um, what, um, I guess, what you were searching for after his death and how it took you on this journey, extraordinary journey to where you are now? Sure, yeah. So, you know, my son's 27-year-old, he was a financial guy, and he, they went to a party and, on Halloween and got drunk, and for some reason, they decided they were going to try heroin. And he was a big guy. He was yeah. six, and they gave him too much, and he died instantly. Oh. And so my just world just came crashing apart. I didn't have any context for this because I didn't have a spiritual practice. Yeah. I wasn't a religious person. I was more of an existentialist. When you live, you live. You die, you die, and there's nothing. I just didn't, I, I don't know. I, I just never connected with traditional religion. and Yeah or spirituality or any of those practices. I just kind of live my life academically, going from degree to degree and working hard as we do and getting caught up raising children. And then my parents, uh, you know, being in the sandwich generation with my parents. And um, I didn't think much about things until my son passed. And, um, and then suddenly um, I saw him, he came to me and uh, I called my ex-husband and said, you gotta go and um, check on Ben, I think he's alive and he's trying to get out of the refrigerator in the morgue. I don't think he's dead. So anyway, the morgue technician decided, it was very kindly decided to go look and tell us, no, he's, he's passed. And then once I started to see him, I started to see other um, deceased and people, you know, right. they were in my bedroom. He was there and there was people around and all kind of people wanted to give me messages and spirits and I had no context. So I was kind of going a little out of my mind with it. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with it all. And yeah. so it was a really long process and I ended up um, finding a medium to help me with it and then a, 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 an evolutionary astrologer. Yes. And Yep. And then <laughs> the four winds. So I found the four winds and the shamanic practices and I had tried Reiki and different things, but this really stuck with me. Yeah. And I ended up selling my home and all my possessions and traveling the world for two and a half years and oh. looking for trying to figure out, find some meaning in this and some way to um, deal with grief, really. Um, death and grief, both of them, you know, were big and I had no context. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gosh, your um, search for the Holy Grail. Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, you trained with um, the four winds. And, yeah. and then what happened next from that? When did you start? Um, Gosh, I trained with were, the you still, were you still a judge at that point? Or had you left that behind you? Or? I started with the four winds. And then, um, and I, I knew that 
I could, really couldn't relate anymore to my life as, as a judge. Everything yeah. seemed not to fit. I kind of was thrown out of my world. And going to work and cases and hearings, it all just seemed pointless and irrelevant. And so after a course or two at the Four Winds, then I, um, I just decided I went on a vision quest uh, with the Lakota tribe. Wow. And, um, Where did you do that? I did that in West Virginia, in the U.S. Right. Yeah. So I, I went on there and then I put my house, I decided I was going to retire and put my house up for sale. And once I put in those retirement papers, you know, it's funny how the, you get that wind at your back Yeah. and everything just happens so quickly. I finished the four wins. Alberta said he'd like me to work with them. I um, sold my house. It sold in three days as is full price, which is almost unheard of. Oh, wow. <laughs> happened and happened and happened and first thing you know I find myself homeless I've sold all my household goods all my art all my everything are given away everything and here I am with two suitcases going oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> what next <laughs> what next yeah so it's been quite a journey and I was really fortunate I mean the four winds has really been wonderful and yeah. um, so much and and being a teacher with the four winds is amazing so can, can you just tell people who are watching this or listening to this a little bit about that just in case they're not you know have are not familiar with four winds yet yeah the four winds uh, so it's the four winds.com and it's the um, it's a group of it's neo shamanism so it's based on Andean um, practices uh, from Peru, um, brought back from Alberto Viodo, who was also a um, medical lab person looking in the Amazon for cures and decided he was looking at the wrong end of the microscope and needed to look at us rather than the plants, but it's all plant medicine. So it's, it's really this pra spiritual practice of uh, shamanism and um, and it's, it's a spiritual practice, but it's for everybody. In other words, you can be a um, practicing Catholic, a practicing Jew, practicing anything. It really has to do with working on the luminous energy field yeah. and helping our luminous energy field to improve. Yeah. yeah. I um, must admit, I, I was um, attracted to the, to the four winds because I'd worked with energy a lot since I was a child. Um, and I'd, trained as a Reiki master and things, but I kind of felt that like um, I needed, it was coming naturally, but I felt like I needed a little bit of discipline around it, you know? Uh, and I'm not going to let you off the hook here. You're glossing over a whole lot of study uh, and learning. I'll come, oh I'll come back to that if you like, but, but for me, <laughs> Four Winds was fantastic because what it did for me was it helped me, um, it was sort of reassuring in a way because uh, what I'd been doing naturally and, and, and other elements within me uh, felt very comfortable and I realized I wasn't, you know, completely bonkers. And, um, and then um, it also introduces that beautiful concept of working around the wheel, which I just think, um, is fantastic and I must admit now um, a few years on from graduating I I continue to work very much with the wheel with clients and and things of uh, people clients of mine that come to me for coaching and healing work and um, and when I teach classes and things and and when I work with people through the death and dying and after 
death processes. And it's just been absolutely lovely. And your point about, you know, it doesn't matter um, whether you have any other sort of religious persuasion or ideology, it sits very well. And I think that goes for a whole lot of these sort of earth-based shamanistic, animistic sort of traditions like Druidry and things as well. They're very open. You know, you can have, you can be a Buddhist and a shaman. Mm -hmm. You can be a Druid and a shaman. I think Albert Einstein was a shaman. You know, he just talked about it in a scientific language. But yeah. Yes, because MC squared is basically everything yep. is connected in the same way that we talk about it in shamanism. So yeah, now, the physics, of course, is supporting the things shamans felt for for you know millennia. Exactly. For those of us who are a little bit science minded, a little academic, yeah. I like yeah. having that. Um, not that it doesn't work anyway, but it's, yeah. I like having that backup. Sure, exactly. Yeah, I get that too. <laughs> I'm a bit of a science geek. But, um, you know, I keep thinking I'm also really interested in uh, Renaissance philosophy around mm -hmm. health and well-being and things. And um, right up until late Renaissance, um, man was seen very much in relationship with the natural world and the cosmos, you know, that well-ordered universe. And we couldn't really a physician and physis is nature so a physician is one who works with nature to heal um, a physician was not regarded as a physician Hippocrates said this way way back um, unless he understood our relationship with the world with planets with rhythms and patterns and things through our, our cosmos our universe yeah. and um, in that, um, but the thing I love about um, focusing as well on that Renaissance time is back to your point about science. There was extraordinary thinking going on. You know, you had people like Leonardo da Vinci doing amazing things and titans like Paracelsus. And um, so when you, but when you read the work of people like Paracelsus and things, they too have a very shamanic um, aspect to them. In fact, he traveled in the 1500s and all through India, China, up to Scandinavia and things, he spent a lot of time with shamans in different areas and, and he learned a lot from that. So everything yeah. keeps kind of folding in and around itself. It's beautiful. But we kind of lost that after the, I say Renaissance, the, you yeah. know, Renaissance. So we go to different, uh, you know. Yeah, tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, yeah, we've lost that. I did. I certainly lost it. I was yeah. just caught up in the daily grind. Yeah. And I didn't know there was any way. Now it's called the hamster wheel. You know, yeah, the hamster oh, totally. Wheel. And yeah, then I suddenly it. I was, when my son passed, I was out of the hamster wheel laying in the grass going, what the heck? Yeah. This is a weird world. Nothing makes sense anymore. And, yeah. and but I'm lucky. I mean, I think my son really saved me, uh, brought me a great spiritual practice. And uh, we, he still comes, you know, yeah. we still have times together and can yeah. you tell me he's also um inspired you to write a book which i think has just been published hasn't it well it hasn't been published yet but oh. I, I submitted it to yeah. hay house for a competition a writer's competition so we'll see if it doesn't get published through hay house it'll be somewhere some some way but it's called living grieving radical acceptance of death as a gift and catalyst for change 
And so my premise is as above, so below. So yeah. our departed, deceased loved ones go through transition, then resurrection on the other side, and then rebirth to this new life. Certainly my son has, you know, he transitioned. Yeah found himself on the other side and was awake and then like, oh my gosh, now he's rebirthed into this life that he lives on the other side. Or maybe he lives several lives on the other side. So yeah. it's time illusion, you know? Um, and so, so do people who are grieving, people that are left behind. We go through yeah. this process too. We transition from this life with our loved one. And then a whole sudden we're rebirthed into this state of being trying to figure out how can we cope? How would life be different? You know, what do we want? And then, res and then rebirth. Rebirth on, at the end, like incorporating all the wisdom of grieving. You know, so grief for me, like we always um, say, oh, the joy of motherhood and the wonders of marriage, but nobody talks about the wisdom of grief, right? Yeah. Our culture kind of suppresses that. And so if we can connect into grief and the wisdom of the grieving process and use that as a catalyst for change, because our loved ones on the other side do not want to see us suffering. No, that's um, true. If you sign up to my website, there's eight things spirits on the other side wish you knew. And yeah. one of them is that it makes it very hard for them to do their work on the other side when we're so deeply stuck in grief. Yeah. So they really want us. They don't that, you know, we think if we show them how much we're suffering, they'll know how much we love them. Yeah. But that's not so. Yeah. Um, it just keeps them and it keeps us stuck and they're stuck. We're all stuck. Yeah. So our transformation has to mirror theirs. Yeah. And and once we see that, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We're able to see that. Did you do a workshop on this? Um... Yes. Can you did wins it was on uh grieving and dying consciously and so we went through a lot of the shamanic work that we do to help souls to transition to the other side and we help you know find people ancestors and help them to go higher realms i mean in the indian mythology it sort of mirrors the bardos and um, christian mythology about places where you go for healing yeah. before you end up in your final place. So we find people and help lighten them up and so they can go on a little bit higher in two different places. So we do all that. And also the grieving and also using the 16 practices that are part of the medicine wheel, the Four Winds Medicine Wheel by Albert yeah. 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 So like non-judgment, non-suffering. Yeah. All those practices and how you can use them as a yeah. journey to yeah, help in people. Mm -hmm. Indeed, it's very, very, um powerful i um have found uh my work roams across, <laughs> across a few different areas um but one of the bits that i feel is really sacred and central really to who i am as a person is working as well with people through death the way that um, I've come to this is, um, you know, we were talking about our kind of respective wounds in a way, weren't we, Karen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you before we get into that? Because you have this wealth of knowledge and information in this field that is fantastic. Okay. Um, well, for me, 
uh, I grew up in England and I was eight years old when we moved to New Zealand. So hence the kind of funny accent, sorry for people who are watching this in the US, but uh, anyway, there you go. Um, so, uh, and I had a very comfortable, I guess, childhood, somewhat remote um, because my parents were of that age and social standing where kind of parenting was a little bit abstract. When I was seven, um, I bicycled down the road to uh, a little village to go and play with um, some kids. And uh, their father took me into a hay barn at the back of the, you know, behind the house, tied me up and raped me. And, um, and, and did all the threats and things they do to kind of keep you quiet and this thing. But, but a whole number of things happened for me. And I've always seen that as, that's the kind of point I navigate around for my wound, as it were, for a shamanic wound. Two things happened. At the time, I left my body and I, I, I had floated up and I could see everything. I, I had the double thing of experiencing physically what was going on, but soul and spiritually, I, I was gone. I was way up. I, I could still see the dust motes coming through the light sun shafts and I was kind of up there with the dust. Then when I, um, I had to bike home, and afterwards and um and the plants the hedgerow or the plants on the side of the road started saying to me we can help you and i started seeing um like kind of streams of energy and different light and stuff coming out of these plants and i thought oh my god this is like a really big day now you know the plants are talking to me <laughs> um anyway I went home and I couldn't talk to my parents about it. it just wasn't that sort of house. But uh, I went out, we had a farm and I just went out to the plants. The trees were there for me. They really earthed me and helped me kind of stay in my body and on the ground, you know. And and I, I, I got to a point where I thought these plants are still talking to me. Maybe I should talk back. So I did. And this just opened a door into an amazing journey of, um, of really a passion about discovering the ways in which we can work with nature for our healing. But there was also this energetic thing. And I had realized at that point that, that when I left my body, I was sort of still me, but I, could, I was everything else as well. Then when I was about, I don't know, I think I was about 16 or 17, a very dear friend of mine, who was a couple of years older than me, was killed tragically in an accident on his parents' farm. And I was devastated. And I had things happening like he would, um, he would use my body because he, he was not ready to go yet. So his spirit would come into my body so it was all i could feel this other presence within me and and it made all my capillaries tingle you know and and he would use me to walk around for a little while and and i felt like you know when you watch tv and the camera angle of the people's eyes walking down the street you know i was kind of you know i was looking through my eyes like it was a 
TV camera or something. Very odd. Anyway, um, then one time he came to me and it was night and he's, I was asleep. I woke up and he said, if you want to come with me now, now is the time for you to come with me. I so wanted to go. And I could feel him. I could see me down there asleep. And I, I was between worlds. And you know what? It felt okay. So, uh, but I wasn't ready. So I kind of whooshed back into my body. And But what that taught me was um, not to be so afraid of death. I think we're all afraid of how we might die. But mm. the experience of death suddenly... I just saw it as a, a changing of state. Um, um, in the south, it is the, you know, the serpent uh, shedding its skin. Mm -hmm. um, for me, so, or in the west, it is that sun going down, that death, that transformation. It was merely a transformation rather than an, an end. Um, but anyway, over the years, I started studying herbal medicine um, and I had this energy thing going on. I could move, having been energy, I could move energy and having seeing plant energy and feeling it, I could move it. So I kept sort of working away in that. But like you, life got in the way. I ran a cultural communications agency in London. Um, I did trade promotion in Europe. Um, I ended up working for Kew Gardens. I was acting chief executive of their foundation that raises all the money for Kew in London. And then I went and worked for the United Nations and I was based in Germany mm -hmm. and, um, and a whole lot of other things in between. But all the time, this idea of healing and nature was there. And all the time, there'd been a number of people in my life who I had to help through illness and, and things like that. Eventually, I came back to New Zealand in 2011, and my mother uh, got cancer or diagnosed with cancer shortly after I returned. She died, and I have to say that was a bad death. It was very disconnected. There was a lot of anger uh, and heartbreak. Uh, and um, she, when she died so badly, so disconnectedly, I thought I want to do something so other people don't have mm -hmm. to experience death in this way. So I became very interested in how to start kind of channeling this energy work and this, these plants as allies into that context. Then at the same time, my father was going downhill with dementia and um, and he ended up in care and he went on that conveyor belt through, you know, rest home to secure dementia unit to hospital wing and a rest home to death. And that took four or five years. And during that time, I started working a lot with people in those care facilities and things with people with dementia and stuff with plant essences. So I would, you know, and you'd find that some people, they like that. But, but what it enabled people to do, you could see them traveling in their mind. So I would do very beautiful 
guided visualizations with people. And then I would anoint them with the plants or even um, in autumn, I would take autumn leaves I picked up on the way down to the home as I was walking there and I would crunch them for them or let them crunch them and sniff them. It was very much about bringing nature into the room. Then um, my father had a stroke and it took him three days to die. And I was with him from as soon as they told me he'd had the stroke till after he died. So um, what I found was um, working with plant, so to backtrack a bit, we can work with plants in a number of ways. Um, we can stick them in a vase and go, oh my God, they're beautiful. We can walk in nature in a city park or a beautiful you know, national park, it, it doesn't matter, or your farm or garden. Um, but in herbal medicine, we work with plants in a number of ways, including we make tinctures from them. So that's when you put plant material into um, something like, um, it could be an alcohol or glycerin or something, and it extracts the medicinal properties from the plant. And then you take the tincture. So you only, it's very strong. You just need, you know, 30 drops a dose or something. That is a tincture. Then you have essential oils, which are the beautiful, fragrant, aromatic things in little bottles that cost a fortune, and they should cost a fortune, because that is a mass of plant material is required to be distilled down to these very, very concentrated essences, essential oils. And they're oils because it, they are literally the oils, the volatile oils from the plant, heavily aromatic, can be extremely beneficial physically and psychologically. Um, but they also can, people who don't know them, how to use them, you know, you can hurt yourself with them because they're, they're, they're just such concentrated amounts for plant. So you just need to know what you're doing and it pays to go to somebody who knows what they're doing. And then there are plant essences. And these over the years, I work across all of these, but I love working with plant essences. So what they are, are very small amounts of the plant. Back to our thing about science, it's like you're creating a quantum connection with the energy, the archaeus of the plant, the vital force of the plant. Things I work with the lunar calendar to know when to get maximize energy, whether it's an outward energy or a downward energy. Um, but what it does is when I look at them, I think, okay, so this plant has this medicine in a tincture form. This would be how I would use it as a herbalist. Uh, I might use it as an aromatherapist, might not. Um, but how does they, how do those therapeutic qualities transfer into um, a quantum sense to work with soul and spirit heart oh, and emotions. I love it. So they become your allies. You know, they're like a hug in a bottle. So this, for example, is um, it's hard to see. This is a little 10 mil bottle and you only need with um, plant essences, you only need to use a drop or two. You know, so each process, it, 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 it's just very, very subtle. It, and, and it hasn't been affected by heat. Like mm. 
you know, it's just very, very pure. And I call them a little hug in a bottle. I love it. Um, and then each plant has its own quality and they can ground you. They can help you release. I can give you some examples if you like, um, as we talk about going around the wheel. So what I did, well, as an example, when my father was nearing death and, and I did this, I've done this for other people. I've worked with a lot of people now, you know, as they're nearing death and after death. So one of the plants to give you an example is mallow, Althea officinalis. And when we use mallow in herbal medicine, it's a demulcent, it's very soothing. So it soothes our digestive system. You use the root and it's all gummy. Marshmallow is marshmallow. So used to, um, when children were teething, you would give them the root, clean bit of marshmallow root to suck on because it goes all muc mucusy and uh, but that soothes their gums and it's full of antiseptic, you know, properties and things. So I found myself thinking, looking at mallow and spending time with it, and I thought the root helps us at the beginning of life when we're teething as infants. The flower, I thought I could feel its energy as this flower has that same soothing, journeying capacity. So as someone's nearing death, um, I'm going to put a couple of drops of mallow into their water or their you know, their mouth swab. Um, you can anoint them, very beautiful, so that energetically they're being held by that soothing energy. I love it. I love so it. as they're nearing death, it's just soothing things down. Then mm. um, when my father was literally just about to take his last breath, I anointed him and myself with an elixir blend I'd made called Letting Go or Quintessence. And it had, has plants in it that help with shedding and releasing because I needed to let him go too. Yeah. So I anointed myself and him. That was one of the most extraordinary parts of the whole process. Then when the staff came back in after he died, I anointed them as well. So we could all help let him go and he equally could go. And then I, did some rights for him and and onwards um i've worked now a lot with funeral directors here in new zealand um not all <laughs> they're not not all of them are there yet on this but some are so now them some of them are offering these plant essences of mine they put them in the visitor room where the body may be for their um for the, for the family and invite them to connect to each other and pass with with these beautiful i love it and thank us, you sorry and I we're, we're kind of co-collaborating yes yeah. you yeah. know yeah so yeah. it's like death is sort of like an ending and then grieving is like this whole process that's beginning so yeah you know, but the endings and the beginnings for the people that are left behind and really for the people on the other side too yeah your journey yeah. too exactly exactly so um i um have found that 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 combination of energy and plants I, I talk about it as um it's at the end of life it's bringing nature into the room so 
Another example is I was with somebody on the day that he was dying and he had been brought home um, to die and I connected him energetically to a tree outside his bedroom window so that when he was when he was going he knew that he would have that there waiting for him so he could travel up it and and move on from there or that while he was ready he had its energy was just supporting him you know that above and below thing it was rooted in the ground that of, that he loved but it's trunk heading up to the upper yeah. world for love him it. oh i love it yeah oh that's so brilliant i just love it i just love it and then you know <laughs> so then we talk about so i like to really work with people that are grieving yeah the dying part, yes I, I that's so magnificent too but there's this whole overlooked part i think in our society people who yeah. are grieving you know, sometimes they say, okay, you have a year, you have this, you have that. Well, I can tell you, I fell completely apart at the five-year mark. And yeah. I had done all the work. Yeah. I had been the four wins. And that was just last fall. I'd written the book. Yeah. And what I learned from that experience was, oh my gosh. So I had these tools that are in the book and this journey to go through. And I could go back again and say, okay, what's coming up? Yeah. You know, what's coming up now? What am I revisiting? So I don't think we're ever at the end. No. But have an, an idea of the journey then we can go back and through it again and say okay let me go back to the beginning here let's me see what do i need to shed yeah uh, is it coming in is suffering coming in so you know suffering you know yeah make ourselves i mean pain is inevitable but suffering is optional right that's one of those sayings yeah. that and i thought well that's really good but how does that work and and then I, we learned that it's the story we wrap around the fact is my son tragically died at 27 yeah um, heroin overdose you know he went out with friends and and but the suffering i wrapped around that i wasn't a good enough mother i should have been there i should have maybe even given him a different kindergarten i'm oh sure gosh. Yeah. you know you can just go back and back and back and create stories about it maybe it was the divorce maybe it was this it was all this and wrap this big story around it and um and that causes so much suffering. So to let go of stories. So, so that's why I thought we could talk a little bit about this Please. process and plants and how we could help people in this journey. So I always say as above, so below. Yeah. So transition, yep. direction and rebirth. So here we are. And I wish so much I had had you right there with me when I was going through this because yeah, yeah. so much better, but so we can do it for other people, you know, yeah. that's, yeah, we can make it better. So, um, and I was even thinking, I have all these <clears throat> exercises for the South and for the West for shedding. If we get yep. stuck in our grief, stuck, and we can't yep. see how to get out of it. Totally. And then move on, we let go of some things, become less stuck, and then we transition. And then finally, we can live a life embodying this wisdom of our grief. But it takes yep. time, you know, it takes a process. And I would love to incorporate some of your wisdom on plants in that and what what could we give people that are just newly stuck and in that and i think you even call one uh intense grief elixir i'm like oh yeah i had intense grief elixir you know five years ago <laughs> that was quite a big seller of mine i have to say <laughs> i mean it just sounds you know perfect yeah so um that i believe that um in that moment of, int of intense grief, 
um, it's kind of, I want to be, it's the idea of being held in it, not numbed to it. You yeah. know, it isn't a pharmaceutical numb it, you know, and block it out. It's actually holding you within it. So I made the intense grief elixir after um, uh, my, uh, an ex of mine from years ago, um, he died a couple of years ago and he wanted to speak to me before he died. And he was in Australia. I'm in New Zealand. I was so scared. That I, I thought this will be fine. I can do this. And during the phone call, I thought, Oh my God, this phone call might kill him. He's so ill. It was just awful and, and beautiful and tragic. When I got off the phone, I fell to pieces and I looked at my plant essences and I thought, I'm in pieces, that's okay, that's natural. But how do I have protection and help in this? What will hold me? So I pulled out two, two key plants. One um, was, there's hawthorn is a, um, hawthorn trees, you have them in the States, you know, and they flower and blossom in early spring. And hawthorn um, is a heart medicine at that base kind of coarse herbalist level. Um, and I had three trees on my property and one had really was like protecting its heart itself. It was all like, Oh God. And, and I thought I need that now. And the other, another one was like a big grandmother hug. So I took those essences to imbue that energy to, um, to be um, imbued with that energy of that massive heart medicine tree hug of the grandmother tree and the intense help of that very raw vulnerable state of the other one, which I call the hurting because they're both heart medicine. And then there was another tree called Kofi in New Zealand. I don't know if you, it's a native plant here, beautiful yellow flower. And for some, it's to me, it has, it's a bit like Arnica, you know, it's great for shock. And I took a drop of that and everything went still. Oh. And I was still there in my grief, but you know, the noise in your head with grief that uh, was gone. It was just space. So it kind of created space for me to be in my grief and to acknowledge my grief. Anyway, so then other people, I put it in a bottle with a label on it and, um, and you know, other people, it is used a lot. So it's about, uh, so in the so for example, if you were working on the in the medicine wheel and you were in the south and you were looking at that shedding, you could use it to set yourself up before starting work with you and the wheel. I'm just going to create the space for me to be. Yes. Yes. Oh gosh, I um, love. It. I think it would just be beautiful, and then you kind of taking people through the door in your way as well would be beautiful. Yeah. I went round the wheel. I went, I was reading your fantastic um, death exercises and, um, and your journeying around about grief work. And um, I, I've jotted down a whole, uh, some different um, plants and things, but I think, why don't we start? Why don't we go around it direction by direction? You tell yeah, us a little bit about the South. And I'll talk about a couple of plants and we'll move on round. Yeah. So for me, the South is for people that are grieving is where you're most stuck because mm. you're 
suffering, you're judging, you feel judged, um, you don't see beauty around you anymore. Um, all those things keep you just in this space of, like you said, that clogged head, like having a cold that just won't quit. Yeah. 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 And it's that, yeah, that, that holding on almost too tight for yes. fear of, I think that fear of if I let go, they won't be there anymore. Yes. Isn't it? And, and we go through that, that if they won't be there. So I thought very much on as well about it's that idea we talked about before of serpent shedding its skin. Um, and, and in your um, writing, you spoke about, um, or there was a quote about um, the pain, you know, um, you know, the, we have there without pain, there is no beauty. Yes. Thing. So yeah. I thought, <laughs> so I thought of two plants. So I keep thinking a tree and a flower for each point. Oh, so to keep one grounded and, and strong, I thought of Oak as tree energy. Oak is a, is a sacred tree of the Druids. So more shamanic practice there. Oak, Oaks, roots go into the ground as deep as the tree is coming above the ground so there's a beautiful balance and um an oak has silicic acid in the bark um salicites which is what aspirin is made for, from so there's a sort of pain relief energy to it so oak is a very protective tree for thousands of years cultures have seen it as a protect, protective tree. So in preparation for when we're feeling stuck, we're feeling vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So imagine that energy of that tree is at your back, it's at your heart, <coughs> heart center, frog in my throat. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought that that would be a very helpful ally to kind of give you the strength to give yourself the freedom to maybe unstick a bit. And then I thought, um, excuse me, I'll just take a sip uh, of a flower. And I thought of the rose because of the beauty way. And a oh. rose has a thorn. So there's that pain and then there's that beauty. And for me, energetically, I use um, rose a lot with people who have got some trauma of any type because I think that we always see rose as a kind of romantic thing we give to other people, but rem rose reminds us to see the beauty in ourselves as well. Mm. So in a grief context, it's acknowledging the pain with the thorn, oh. but it's opening up you up to the beauty way. And you've got that oak tree at your back. Oh, I love it. I love it. And you just take a couple of drops of the essences in water or you anoint, you know, anoint your heart center You'd be like the, the nightingale pressing the thorn to its breast to sing the most beautiful song. Remember, there's that beautiful, I, I think it's Oscar Wilde, someone wrote it. You know, it's that heart energy. I acknowledge the pain, but I'm, I'm going to find the beauty in the memories. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. All right. So let's move on to yep. the West. Yes. The yes. West is also a place of, you know, you're still not in rebirth or resurrection or rebirth. You're kind of still yeah. in this transition phase and, and, you know, you have all those things going on with um, thinking about karma and your ancestors. Now this person, in my case, my son, 
is now my ancestor. And that, oh, how oh, do I even, uh, yeah. right? So yeah. it, everything seemed still tumbled and upside down. Yeah. So what would you do to work with that energy? I think, uh, well, for me, um, I see um, that West Pace, it, it is that turning fear into courage. It's that, tra it's that transformation space, isn't it? How do I, how, what does the new normal look like now? Outcome. Yeah, outcome. Yeah, you're in the middle of it. Yeah, it's this kind of, oh, you know, you're seeing the death, but you're not maybe quite seeing the life, which is just coming. You know, you're heading you're heading towards a new way of life. So um, I thought of a couple of things here. One, I thought of, um, oh yeah, and we were talking somewhere in your writing, you talked about binding, about things creeping over you and sort of keep, and I, I responded to it with jasmine. Because if you think about jasmine, it's a night, you know, its scent comes out in darkness. So in that uh -huh. west point of darkness and jumble, and it grows all jumbly over everything. So it's like a confu. It grows in a confusion. Ah, oh, I love. But it. its scent comes out in the darkest. It's the darkness that brings out its beauty. Yeah, the darkness of the jungle where things are dead and dying that have to go, and yet you're. Yeah. Yeah. So energetically, a plant essence. You're not going to smell it. It's beautiful energy, but you'll. You won't smell its aroma, but you will get that energy. But what you could do is invest in some very high quality jasmine absolute essential oil and maybe put a drop in a diffuser or something. Then you have, and you could do the same with rose in the south. So you have that aromatic thing happening of that heady, yeah. earthy jasmine. And then you use the S plant essences to. Ooh, take you energetically into that to help uh, help you sensually through that transition yes uh, yes so in my book uh, you know my my exercises have people sitting in meditation yeah and writing down each of the things in each of the four practices of each part of the medicine wheel that they want to release have yeah. with great intention and I my thought was gosh to have these essential oils being diffused in the background while you're sitting yeah. would be clarifying so you can help you. Sometimes you're so stuck you can't even think. So yeah. it would help you open up. Yeah, 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 definitely. It would be a really beautiful thing to do. Quite a few yoga teachers use the plant essences in a diffuser and they'll do a, um, in here, they'll do a, today we're going to do an evening primrose yoga practice and I, I get them to tell the class about the plant and how it will help our body or whatever. So similar thing, you can, can, you can, what is the energy I want around me right now? What is the energy I want to fill my, my energy field with? What is the plant energy that can support me at this point? So Jasmine's one, one, um, cleavers is another, I've just realized I've got plants and not trees, but, um, cleavers is that, uh, bitty bit grass you know and it's little things stick to your socks oh, and yes. um, goose grass it gets called or bitty bid the real name is cleavers um and maybe i'll put a photo here and when i when i tidy up the thing so people can see um so cleavers is used 
in medicine to re help the body. It works with the lymphatic system and helps the body release toxins. So energetically, it helps release, uh, move forward. You know, it's a cleansing. Cleavers is a great medicine to take as a tea or something in spring. It kind of gets rid of all that winter rubbish, mm -hmm. you know. So energetically, it's helping you move forward through that confusion. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so we're going to go yeah. to the north. <laughs> So the north is this place of, or did I, did you have more plants? Nope, nope. Okay, so the north is this place in my mind of, of uh, resurrection, where you've kind of let go of a lot, and now you're kind of like that little bird or that little eaglet. And yeah. the mind is just about teetering on the edge, wondering if you could dare flap your wings and, before you get shoved out of the nest. And so yeah. here you are, yeah. Yeah, very vulnerable and yet trying to um, make something out of what happened, right? And yeah, and, and and not being stuck anymore, but not really fully in rebirth, not fully yeah. in your new yeah. life. So you're in that little middle ground. Yeah, yeah. you're 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 at the gate departure lounge in the airport. You haven't quite taken off yet. <laughs> Not that any of us are taking off anywhere right now, but... No, and you want to find flight that's going to take you on your soul's journey. You're looking for that beauty to come in. You know, you're looking for that soul journey. Okay. <coughs> so the plant that really comes for me here is rosemary. Mm. Rosemarinus officinalis. So rosemary. So we've been in the night with jasmine. Now we're heading towards the day. Rosemary is a plant that's ruled by the sun, very hot, stimulating energy. Um, but rosemary has so many great things about it. Um, it. It helps you concentrate. So if you're cramming for an exam or something, you just scrumple some fresh rosemary leaves under your nose. It will help you a lot. So it's, um, so it's a plant of focus, but in, in ancient, lore and through time um, rosemary was included in, in hand fasting ceremonies and pagan time weddings rosemary was included because it represents fidelity right but it's also in funeral wreaths because it represents remembrance okay so um, and then medicinally it works with focus um, it will relieve stress headaches its flowers are kind of purpley color. So chakra wise, it's working with your third eye and kind of crown chakra area. So it's, it's getting you ready for liftoff. But energetically, I see it as, um, as the fidelity is about being true to yourself. Mm. Remember to be true to yourself. Who am I in all of this? What do I want? Yes, How integrity, integrity, integrity um, yeah. lineage, and and um, yeah, all of those beautiful so, practices. Yeah, and I think that and for so much of this journey, the last thing person we actually sort of think about of ourselves in, in grief, sorry, is ourself, isn't it? We lose sight of who we are and what we want. Rosemary at that point before kind of takeoff in the east 
is helping you get back to who am I? Let me be true to myself. In being true to myself, I still can remember my loved one. Yes, yes. So oh, it's a yes. very beautiful thing. And then another plant that I think works beautifully with it is um, Malayne. Malayne, the Bascom Thapsus, and it has big furry leaves, and it's um, very soft, and a big stalk comes up with little yellow flowers at the top, and it grows everywhere. And I, and, and, it, and, and But Malayne, the leaves are used as a lung remedy, and that eat flowers are used as an ear remedy traditionally and and the leaves are also used as a poultice for sprains when things are out of shape so i see its energy as helping us with communication and it if your lungs are working golly what a energy what an essence to use now in covid 19 times oh lungs are energetically supported you can speak your truth if your ears are energetically supported by its ear medicine, you can listen well. You can listen to your inner voice. You can listen to the wisdom and messages that may come in as you're through the wheel. Um, and it so kind of makes me think of that lineage of what am I, where are my ancestors? What am I hearing of my son now? What is he mm -hmm. telling me? My right. loved one who's passed. Um, how am I remembering them well with Rosemary and how am I being true to myself in this? Yes. And as you know, I journey through grief. I love it. It's that practice in the North of beginner's mind, like looking yeah. at your life all afresh and not being all that person that everybody wanted you to be, but in integrity, finding your own voice, who you yeah. really are. Maybe those lost dreams and desires that you had long yeah. ago, you can recapture, reclaim. And, um, yeah, so that's beautiful. I love it. And it works it. beautifully with your thing of, of getting people journal, write it down. Write it what down. Comes, write it down. Write it down. And then release it in the fire with great yeah. intent. With shamans, you know, we would take things to the yeah. fire as a path of rapid transformation. Which so, is why, sorry, yeah. that's why rosemary is so good because it's a plant of the sun, that heat, that fire, that. I love it. I love it. This is so wonderful. Yeah. So, and then the east, Karen. East. Okay, now we're in rebirth. This yeah. is where we're no longer the fledgling. You know, we are, we've got our wings and we're flying and we are rebirthing. We're taking all this wisdom of all the, all the suffering and the pain and the transformation, all of it to create something, something for ourselves, yeah. something that honors our loved one and honors us too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a beautiful new day. And it's it's that yeah, that hawk, eagle, condor flying above that landscape. So you've got this amazing perspective. You start to get above and see beyond. So I thought that a really iconic tree for that would be uh redwood or mm. sequoia, you know, because you've got that trunk up 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 so you've got that energy just drawing up into the heavens giving you that amazing perspective so energetically the redwood energy we've got a beautiful redwood forest that i walk in a lot here and i've made essences from it i always think of how it, they're kind of pulling me up you can't help but look up and then you can look beyond and then so you've got this beautiful perspective now you can see around you you can fix on the details where you need to but you finally 
you're seeing the bigger picture again. Yes. And, um, and that bigger picture obviously can include the memories of your loved one, of course, but you move on. And then um, I thought of a flower is um, sage or salvia, salvare, salvation. Ah. So it's like a beautiful reward for you, you, you be, you're going on this journey and you'll probably go around it again and again and again, as you were saying, as grief moves, but you've got this salvation, this plant salvia. Um, it's like a, I think of it as a plant of Jupiter. It's expansive and it's salvation, you know, it's healing, it's warming when you want it to be warm. It's cooling when you need it to be cool. It's just fabulous. I love it. You know, um, and, and our, that's what our loved ones want for us. I remember one time I was giving rites and teaching and doing things and Alberto Viotto was watching. Um, and, and he of course can see really into the other world and yeah. he saw ben. and Ben turned around to him and said, I am so proud of her. Oh, <laughs> lovely. So, so proud of my mom. And so, you know, Alberto passed that on and he is, I mean, that I've transformed this life of, boxes and boxes i had offices with boxes and boxes of boxes of of exhibits and things and here i am at my desk all the time in my loan and and then i transformed and i'm all over the world you know i'm traveling yeah. the world, i'm teaching all over the world i'm i'm on expeditions and i'm living a whole different life so i took ben's tragedy yeah and and, and i freed both of us yeah yeah, yeah. Freed me, I freed him, and we both now are in a better spot. My father, after he died, I immediately got to work making a course for people that they can do online called Flowers at the a Flower at the Bedside. Yes. Oh, everybody should sign up for this course. <laughs> connecting to nature at the end of life. And I take people through what a what does connecting to nature mean? Yes. How do you do it at the bedside? Not just for the person that's ill, but for the people around them, you know, family, loved ones, nurses, whatever. Uh, and then how do you work with that energy to support you after death, mm -hmm. to create connection? And um, my dad came and visited me. He used to smoke like a chimney and he was an old sort of English toff, you know, and he, he leaned on the door in the kitchen and he, I was tapping away, making this notes for this course. And he said, I'm really proud of you for doing this. He said, I, this will, I hope this is giving you much more than I could ever give you as a, you know, whatever, but it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And he wasn't a hippie sort of man. So I thought it was quite nice of him to cope, yeah. to cope with my crazy. Know, right. It's like they, they, they do, they watch and they, um, and, and, and so we free them too, because they yeah. can go on and do their work on the other side and yeah. knowing that we're doing this, that is so honoring of them. Yeah. So always that sort of honoring place. of. I've found um, in the last, um, you know, during this coronavirus time, obviously, and we're in lockdown and different things, I've been um, doing a lot more work with people um, around coaching and um and working with these plant energies and things to help them cope with isolation, disconnection. I've been working with people who've lost people who've died, you know, have died during lockdown. How does the family come together when they can't come together? 
just and how do friends celebrate and feel connected to that passing of a loved one when when they can't be there that has been really um interesting so i i just want to do a little um shameless plug you know i've got this um course flowers at the bedside i've got a website georginalangdale.com and that's on there the other course that i'm working on at the moment is actually a full diploma that takes people deep we go deep dive into working with this energy this quantum connection with plants oh, i love it and um i'm hoping i'll get that ready soon and i'll be teaching that in um in modules that they can download but i will also be doing lectures through zoom and things on that and likewise, you'll, you'll do teaching as well through your... I have a podcast I'm working on too that I'm going to put out there. So it'll be 18 podcasts, 16 yeah. practices of the medicine wheel, and then an intro and an ending. And I, and I would just love to have everybody supported by your work too. So I love this sort of interweaving. I want Me to too. Yeah. yeah. You know, Everything you know, is connected. <laughs> everything is connected, for sure. Yeah. 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 And it's so funny because... Jordina, I've never met. I mean, in person, but yeah. energetically, we're like best we're buddies. We're so there. Yeah, we just hang so, out. <laughs> and yeah, and it's just so you know. It's um. So a lot of people, you know, my age are like, I don't like this internet. How do you connect? And I'm thinking, we just do. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, our energy field is big. Our hearts are big. We connect through our hearts, and it can go all over the world. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um it is a red i just think it's neat uh in a way in a funny sort of way this physical disconnection has brought a lot of people a lot closer together yes like yes my family in in england i've got family in the england and in the states and all over the place and i'm the only one here in new zealand and now we talked all together on zoom and we never did that before right right right, right. and people are pulling out the game the board games and the things that you know you never have time for everybody's yeah. so busy yeah. so there's no with the children there's no soccer games and football and oh. all of run 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 and we live our life in our car and all of a sudden we're out of our cars yeah different life it's been sort of magnificent i mean i know there's a downside for that of course, for but... in abusive situations but then there's always the the lighter side too you know and uh yeah it's a pretty amazing so um i'm going to put um a link to your website on my website perfect then i'm going to put a link to you on my too okay and um i also wonder it would be wonderful if people want to leave comments below whether i think it would be interesting to gauge whether people might be interested in maybe us doing uh, a virtual yes. class of some sort together um fun that should would be super. Yeah, let's see yeah. what people have to say. I yeah. think it's super fun, you know, work through all of these things and yeah. Yeah. yeah different bases of knowledge and it's but it's sort of all kind of dovetails. It's a it is a beautiful thing. And and you know, for people, Karen is the most wonderful teacher. And uh, oh, so and yeah, so I think that um if I would we would we would both love it if you'd like to leave some feedback yes for sure Hello. and you know one thing i wanted to mention too is this idea of grief does not have to be linked to death in this no. 19 world we're grieving so many things loss of freedom loss of money loss of stability and security and, and so these practices are not just 
uh, and the essences are not just for people so who true. Are grieving death, but grieving anything. Um, so I think it's, it's big, you know, we're so everybody's looking in these times to try to figure it out. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, on that note, I suppose we should, um, wrap it up, wrap it up, baby. <laughs> exactly enough. So, um, it's just, oh, it's a delight. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, this is great. So we'll get, keep it in touch and we'll put it on our websites and looking for lots of feedback. Yeah, that would be gorgeous. And thank you um, for thank listening you. as well, who, people out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Hi, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Soul Garden. If you're interested in purchasing any of the plant essences mentioned, you can find them over on my website, georginalangdale.com, where you can also find my courses and coaching opportunities. And if you're interested in the idea of Karen and I working together, then um, please do leave a comment below or drop us a line and um, we'll see what we can do. And you can find Karen and her beautiful offerings over on karenjohnson.net. And if you want to keep in touch with what we're up to, I recommend that you sign up to our newsletters on our websites. So thank you again for being here and until next time, take care, be well, stay safe and stay connected. Bye.